0: Yes, you are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports' order. Time to talk about the AFC East. I got Mr. Logical with me. And I'm 2 5. Thank you, everybody, for the love, the views, the likes. Like, review, subscribe—it's all free. Don't make me do you it get to get the you twenty thousand views. That's
1: right. <laughs> make you me do it to you, said. meatballs.
0: Do it to you, meatballs. You know, what saying that's me. what we're on this year. You know, what saying try to get the twenty thousand
1: right. views. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. Share it in your sports groups. Yes. Share it anywhere you can: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Like us at Fear My Rap on Twitter. Instagram, at sports reports is ordered with the underscores. You see MLW25.
0: Yeah, tell In your granddaddy.
1: We got football popping off. We got college football, NBA training camp starting up. Baseball is about to get into their playoff push. We about to have a lot of sports going on over the next few months. So let's get these numbers up. We got rookie numbers right now. We try and get to that advanced level. So everybody oh, share it. Tell Watch your granddaddy, I'm
0: rocking the grays to represent your
1: granddaddy. Yeah, I got like 1,100 down here too. What's good? You
0: know what I'm saying? What's happening? <laughs> so, yo, Sports Reports is ordered. It's that time of show. Time to get it off our chest. I'm going to take the lead on this one because I've been frustrated. I'm sorry for those of you who have been watching Five Daily because I brought this up the other day. But I'm still mad. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to start this off, and I'm going to ask Mr. Logical a couple of questions. And then when he answers my questions, if he can, then we'll see, you know, why I'm frustrated. So, Mr. Logical, NFL starting up soon, right? Correct. Do you know what the first Sunday night game is?
1: I don't know, but I'm going to say some, you know, maybe. Let's go. Is it it ridiculous?
0: No, it's the Giants and the Cowboys.
1: Come on, man. Do we have to do this all the time? Okay. Hold on.
0: Hold on. Hold on. What is the first Monday night game of the year? I know you know that.
1: Is it Eagles commanders? No,
0: no, no. It's Buffalo at East Rutherford. Yes. You know what I mean? So this is how the NFL does. Last one. I promise. This is the last pop quiz. What are the what are the NBA opening night games?
1: I got Lakers at Denver. Okay, one uh, for
0: one. One for one.
1: This this is off the top of the dome, too. <laughs> uh Golden State at Sacramento.
0: It's Golden State at Phoenix. You know, okay. so so just Golden so y'all know different. out there, so partly I did that just so y'all know that we don't be rehearsing. You know, this is authentic. <laughs> Second of all, because I'm mad, because why college football. Came out here with Notre Dame and Navy, USC and San Jose State, Jacksonville State and UTEP, Vanderbilt in Hawaii to start off the season. Now, the reason why it makes me so mad is because all summer long we've been talking about Coach Prime, Coach Prime, what Colorado going to do, what Colorado going to do. And we couldn't even get Coach Prime on the opening night of college football. On top of that. I understand that Caleb Williams won the Heisman. You know, he's probably going to win it again this year. But San Jose State, USC could have played Stanford or somebody or Cal or some kind of conference game. It didn't even have to be a big out-of-conference game. This week in week one, on Thursday night, we got Florida and Utah. We got Nebraska and Minnesota. On Saturday, we got West Virginia at Penn State. We got Tennessee and Virginia playing in Nashville. We got Ohio State at Indiana. You mean to tell me not one of those games could have went on week zero to to save me from watching Notre Dame beat Navy forty two to three and then get stuck with Ohio and San Diego State and then get stuck with Louisiana Tech and Florida International. You know what I mean? Like so, college football. You know, this is a note to self. You know, you did the right thing by adding the playoff. You know, next year we're going to go to the 12-team playoff. But you got to take advantage of these weekends to showcase because in a couple of weeks, the NFL is going to dominate the ratings. They're going to dominate the talk. So this was your chance to get out in front of everything with your coach prime and whoever else, shove it down everybody's throat and say, college football is here. Instead of all we got is oh, they don't play preseason, but this is a preseason game.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. College football has, they have the luxury of being, I equate it to this. Back in our younger days, a couple of decades back, probably went out two or three nights a week. Wednesday night was ladies night. Right. If you're stateside, Thursday night was college night and everybody was going to go out friday and saturday night
0: mm-hmm.
1: college football used this last week like a college night like everybody coming out thursday because they know we want football on sunday anyway so they're like listen we go sprinkle a little bit in here but they know like we don't have to do anything different we don't have to change the mold It's like we got saturday we are wetting everybody's whistle for Sunday NFL and Monday night Football. Granted, yeah, the NFL has Thursday Night Football, and we're kind of like kind of figuring that part out.
0: Chiefs but Lions, like, by the way,
1: that's a good matchup. But they know. Listen, we're gonna flood you with every bit of college football that we can fill in from noon till about midnight, one AM East Coast. Well, well, but, but that was the hours. problem.
0: But that was the problem. Notre Dame and Navy started about two thirty Eastern. And then all these other games like Jacksonville State, UTEP, you know, all that was going on in the middle of all that. And then USC, with the Heisman Trophy winner, as I like to say, the reigning, defending Heisman Trophy recipient, played on the Pac-12 network, which not even everybody has access to. You know what I mean? Like, what you doing, Fox?
1: Trying to get that check. Listen, you're not sprinkling out all these hundreds of millions of dollars to do things for free. (laughs) <laughs> like, I was figuring his money I had to get the money on my return, so like, yeah, so they, they figured it out, they'll, they'll get it together.
0: Yeah, I know it's coming, but I was just upset because I was excited to watch some football. They, and, they and, give
1: you a little tease, they know you're gonna watch, they know, you know however you're gonna watch. You're gonna it, stream it on your, phone, your watching, iPad, your laptop, they know you're gonna watch.
0: It reminds me when I was watching Bill Cosby one time, and uh, his dad was talking about how he saw this dancer, and he was like. She didn't have to get naked. She came out there. She gave you a little shoulder. Then she took it all back.
1: You know <laughs> like That's how I felt. Yeah, because you're going to be sitting right in front of the TV on, on Saturday like this, waiting on it to start. But they know what they're doing. Um, Speaking of people who know what they're doing, we are fans of the sport. We are prognosticators. We are pundits. We are working our way into the, the, the media, the sports media realm. We are not experts. We just do our research. We have good eloquent conversation and we talk about sports. I am not claiming to be a GM. So I'm sick of everybody on these sports groups and all these forums acting like GMs when they get the news about a a sports move. Let the people who make these deals make the deal and then you figure it out. Don't try to read into it. We're going to talk about the Trey Lance trade, but everything NBA deals, NBA trades, everybody's an expert. You hear, we read on, the, on our sports blogs, like, yo, we should have kept him. We should have got rid of him. We should trade this many picks to go get Chris Jones. Like, stop it. None of that's happening. Stop playing fantasy football on Facebook. Like, just let it play out. Get your facts. Have your conversation about it. Leave your feelings outside. We want the facts of the situation, and you can break down how you feel about it. I get that. But your feelings can't be the thing up front. Like, you can't just run off on the motion every single time there's a deal made that you don't like or you think another deal should have been made. Like, cut it out. Calm down. Let the sports play out. Let the people talk about it. Let the coaches talk about how they felt about the trade. Let the player who got traded talk about the trade. Let the GM come on and give a statement. But please stop screaming and talking about I would have done this or this move puts us over the top. Listen, the art of good business is both people got to walk away unhappy. So most trades in the initial conversation before anything happens, there's a bunch of people who just made enough of a move to where they didn't get everything they wanted, but they didn't lose either. That's it. That's all we know with any trade, any deal, any trade proposal, any contract signing, any extension, it's a matter of some people gave up a little bit, another side gave up a little bit, this is a deal we have, now we gotta see it play out. You can't just get this information and automatically have the outcome, the day of with your thumbs, like just cut it out. (laughs) Let it play out, have the conversations about it, be authentic in your conversation, be open to hearing different ideas, but just stop getting on these forums, just bloviating and screaming when you don't have the facts. That's all I'm saying.
0: All right. Well, the facts are the Dallas Cowboys made out like bandits. You know, they came out here and dropped the fourth round draft pick off on a guy that got drafted number three in the 2021 NFL Draft. One, Mr. Trey Lance, Mr. Logical go
1: i'm not i'm not sure if like i said i know i just talked about everyone just like waiting everything out he had to get out of san francisco because i I don't feel like there was a a real spot for him because you have brock purdy who came in hot like people remember drew blexo was a starter jog to the sideline got blasted lung collapsed tom brady comes in never gets a job back AFC championship game, Tom Brady gets hurt against Pittsburgh. Drew Bledsoe gets him to the Super Bowl. And Drew Bledsoe thought he was going to be the starter for the Super Bowl after Mm -hmm. that game. Mm -hmm. And they were like, no, we're going with Tom. And, you know, the rest is history. Tom won that game. Drew Bledsoe shipped off to, I believe, Buffalo or Dallas after that. I'm not sure. One of of those locations. But he was out of New England after that. Mm -hmm. And that happened. So Trey knew that there's no way that he was going to be able to jump Sam Darnold, who is going to be consistent, sixty-plus starts, pretty much a mediocre run, but he has some—he has some leverage in the fact that he has experience. You're going to get into the stats about how many passes Trey Lance has thrown. I don't want to step on your toes there. So Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy misses a couple of games. Sam Darnold will come in and be locked in, good to go for a couple of games, and then you bring Brock Purdy back. You can't do anything with Trey just sitting there when you can get something for him or just as a, like Kyle Shanahan said, just out of respect, you want to give him an opportunity somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's what they did.
0: Yeah. So, you know, like, so I was trying to figure out, you know, initially why Dallas would do this because I mean, not that, they have the best quarterbacks in the world or anything like that. But I very didn't come in to take Dak's job. So that's first and foremost, you know, second of all, they have a backup quarterback by the name of Cooper Rush, who only went four and one last year, you know, while Dak was injured. So I can't say with a great deal of faith that if Dak gets injured this year or is ineffective, Trey Lance is going to be the guy that comes in the game because you got this back. It's the, it's the Brock Purdy thing. You know, this guy went four and one, he kind of gets first dibs to mess up again, you know, but when I look at, but when I look at Trey Lance, like I keep hearing people say that he didn't get a fair shot and I disagree with that. You know, we talked offline. He had the finger injury in preseason came back, played in the torrential downpour against Chicago, got injured the next week out for the season Brock Purdy came in, the rest is history. But when I look at Trey Lance, since high school, he's thrown exactly 420 passes. Not, you know, including preseason and all of that, but including like actual game action. So in college, he had a total of 318 passes. So 2020, which was his last year before he got drafted in 2021. He played one game. He went 15 of 30, two touchdowns and an interception. And this is at the FCS level, by the way. You know, so San Francisco, like, did the Reed Richards and just reached over everything to get him anyway. So
1: <laughs> is so, so fantastic.
0: Yeah, so then, so then, like I said, remember that number now, 318 passes in college. I said a total of 420, meaning – He only has 102 passes in his NFL career, you know. And with that being said, he's 56 of 102, which gives us, you know, you ready for this Anthony Richardson number? 54.9% completion percentage, you know, and he started four games. Uh, He has five touchdowns and three picks, but this is the kicker. This is the kicker. I'll give you one guess. What, is, what do you think his QBR is? You know, and of course, QBR... Scale 0 to 100? Yep, scale 0 to 100. What's his QBR?
1: 52.6.
0: So, interesting you would say that, because 50 is considered to be average. You know, like 75 is when you get into that Pro Bowl range, like your Aaron Rodgers and people like that. Trey Lance's quarterback rating, 34.2. So... Don't tell me he didn't get a fair shot. I'll tell you he didn't take advantage of opportunity.
1: I think not, not that it was lot. very much. Not that it was very much opportunity, it's, but you know. it was it was limited opportunity. I think I don't want to I don't want to use the word blame, but I think if, as we assess it here, a couple of years after the draft, you look at it in the, the sense that San Francisco felt like Jimmy G didn't provide them this just secondary dynamic quarterback play. He gave you your standard run of the mill quarterback play, 235 yards a game, two touchdowns, maybe no turnovers, you know, every once in a while, just, he gave you slow and steady wins the race. You run the ball, different variations. I mean, hell you got a wide receiver taking jet sweeps as you know, there's a Debo package on Madden. When you play with the 49ers <laughs> playbook, like, like, so, like they literally have they had all the pieces in place. And Trey Lance just they thought was gonna be that dynamic player. The problem that I have with the 49ers organization is that Jimmy G had you in position to win a Super Bowl. And yes, he he should have made those plays. He should have made better passes. At least like a third and two pass to George Kittle um, that went incomplete. Uh, Patrick Mahomes got the ball back. They get the lead. The rest is history. The deep post route to Emmanuel Sanders was just mm-hmm. a yard too far. Maybe Emmanuel Sanders, you know, he cuts it a little deeper. He cuts it earlier. He catches that pass. It is what it is. It was incomplete pass. Right, 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 right. But when they were sitting at the draft and all the pre-draft conversation was, I've been, like, I've, I heard it from multiple pundits who were on ESPN – people who were on Fox, people who were guest sports on podcasts, they were all saying, and I thought most of the people were saying that he went up from 12 to 3 to get Mac Jones. And I'm like, you don't go up from 12 to 3 to get a guy that doesn't fit the, quote-unquote, new quarterback NFL group. Right. He didn't look like Zach Wilson. He didn't move like Trevor Lawrence. He didn't have the arm like Trevor Lawrence. So Mac Jones was not going to be – so close to these other two right, guys that he yeah, should go right. third. I'm like, it didn't make any sense. I'm like, they yeah. At best,
0: straight. you're hoping that he could have been Garoppolo,
1: at best. And you weren't. You're not going to move heaven and earth to get another guy you already have. Like, if you're going to get somebody different, I personally thought they were going to get Justin Fields because the whole year, the whole college football year, all the way up until the semifinal game, Clemson versus Ohio State, it was Trevor Lawrence was the bona fide number one. Justin Fields was your number two in the draft. They were going to go 1-2 and they were going to have this epic 1-2 battle for their career. Justin Fields got the better of Clemson in that playoff game. So when Zach Wilson made his, you know, suddenly you know, rise to fame to get to two and San Francisco then traded from 12 to three, I'm like, oh, they're about to get Justin Fields. i was like, OK, this this might be crazy if they get Justin Fields with that skill set moving around 6-4, 225, 230. Like, OK. Then it was like, oh no, it's Mac Jones. And we were like, no, it's gonna be Trey Lance. It was like, you're making all these moves when you could have just got Justin Fields. Like you're like you said, you mentioned his, you know, Trey Lance's last year in college. Is that one game the COVID year? I guess his previous year, he only had one interception. That he came out the the game that eventually was shortened by COVID that season. And he said he went 50% for his passes at the FCS level. We had just seen Carson Wentz was already going through it. Like the the devaluation the, 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 the of Carson Wentz was already happening at that point. So you saw what was happening with some, some of these FCS quarterbacks. Yes, they need a shot. But in the same sense, it's like you're not playing against the top athletes on the edge, top athletes in the back end. So you uh, some of these passes you can get off. You can be late on because you're not playing against a guy like Patrick Sertain or J.C. Horn or something like that. So when they took him third, we can run down just a few names of the people that went forth. Just people who went forth through what what they had. Twelve. Just a few names. Yeah. Fourth. 12, Michael yeah. Parsons went went after went after that. Kyle Pitts went after Trey Lance. Patrick Sertain, Jamar Chase, Penny Sewell, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. These are all names that went after Trey Lance, and every one of those players would have easily fit into San Francisco's scheme because they were a good team that just moved up to three. They didn't need the quarterback at three. They just happened to move up to three. They could have gotten anyone. They could have waited at 12 and got up to six. They and Fields went 11. And field, Fields went 11. So you could have stayed at 12 and then – like <laughs> You could have moved up one spot. Where you could up one spot or you could have moved from 12. Let me think. Who, I think – who was that? So you had Dallas as a good team. They probably would have moved down because they were like, we're going to get our guy, you know, we move up or whatever. Because Dallas was one of those teams that just happened to have a spot there. You know, you make a couple of good trades here and there. Philly was the same way. Philly was a good team. They happened to have another team's spot. So there's a lot of good teams in the top 10 that didn't need quarterbacks. Carolina wasn't taking a quarterback. Denver wasn't taking a quarterback. So they could have easily stayed at 12, moved up to nine, and gotten Justin Fields. So that's Mm -hmm. my whole thing. Like, I never understood the move from the beginning. So I'm not going to say it's the worst move because it didn't hamper the team. If a team that's kind of, you know, perpetually just a poor performing team after a bad trade, like Detroit probably would have fallen apart. Uh, Carolina, like, they would have fired a bunch of people. The Giants would have fired a bunch of people. Atlanta probably would have fired a bunch of teams. Like some of these Houston, some of these other teams, that they would have made a move like that to give up three first round picks to go from 12 to 3, and the guy that they got at three didn't play, it could have just completely taken the bottom out from their entire organization. But San Francisco isn't one of those organizations. That's why I don't consider it as as detrimental as people see with this this hyperbolic analysis of it's like, oh, it's the worst draft pick of all time. Like nah, it just it just didn't work out. It well, didn't work I mean- team, it just didn't work out.
0: So so I was looking at this and I was just thinking about it, you know, um as we were talking offline. You know, if you put mostly anybody that we just named in that situation, even if you keep Jimmy G, you probably still end up where you were cuz they've they went to the NFC Championship game where Tart dropped the interception against the Rams. They went to the NFC Championship game last year, you know, with Brock Purdy. So, with yeah, with the elbow, the UCL. So so when you look at it, I'm like, okay, so let's say they would have drafted Jamar Chase. You know, like put him next to Debo, put him with Ayuk and Kittle. And the 49ers are, first of all, even with all that, they're a run first team.
1: So, like. You got to have seven, eight guys near the box. You
0: ain't stopping no play action against that team.
1: Yeah, you're not. You, you know got. I mean? You can't go man up. Like you can't go man to man with Jamar Chase out of the slot.
0: Yeah, if you if you get Jalen Waddle, if you get Jalen Waddle, it's basically Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, except for Waddle is the Tyreek Hill in the situation. You know what I mean? If you get Micah Parsons, you know your defense goes from you know top three or four in the league to no kidding, like best one of the best team defenses team ever. You know what I mean? You got that. You got a double
1: you. team. Yeah, who you, who you go focus on? The linebacker core is, is ridiculous with Greenlaw and Warner, and then you have both on one side, Michael Parsons on the other side. It's like you can't run it, you can't, you can't run mess a that up play then if you, in either direction.
0: But then if you get Devontae Smith, you know what I mean? Same thing, except for he's gonna take the top off. You know, Jamar Chase will take the top off as well, but Devontae Smith will take the top off, and you still got uh. Ayuk and Debo underneath, with Kittle lurking around somewhere. So, so like basically, like even with Jimmy Garoppolo,
1: hold if on, you forgot Kyle Pitts. Now imagine that running team that goes two and three tight ends, and two of them are George Kittle and Kyle Pitts in yeah, Kyle like, Shanahan's offense.
0: Literally, San Francisco. So, so like this is the thing, right? If they get Micah Parsons, they're one of the best defenses of all time. If they grab some of these dudes that we just said on offense. They're probably averaging 33 points a game or something like that. You know, they're they're like basically how we look at Philly from last season. They're, they'd be doing it a different way,
1: but they're the offense would be that. going up 14-0, 14-3 in their first couple they're, possessions. They're playing Techmo Bowl on you. 10, 10 out of 17 weeks, they're going to be up two possessions early. Early yeah. every game. So now you got teams like Arizona, you play them twice a year. La, you play, And now they're throwing the ball. And now they have to block. Bosa and Parsons, yeah. So you would try to run up the middle, like it just, yeah. It would. So by so by drafting
0: Trey Lance, you would think that Jim Harbaugh was still the coach, and they were trying to recreate Kaepernick. You know, is the only thing that would have made sense in that scenario. But but Kyle Shanahan, Trey Lance isn't a Kyle Shanahan quarterback. Like you know, you you ever see a dude? You know, say every girl that you see him with you know, said, like, they the same height, same hairstyle, same build. Like, he's got a type, you know. Like, Kyle Shanahan has a type, and Trey Lance is not that type. So, I don't know if he wanted somebody else and, and somebody overrode him and
1: vetoed what he wanted, I think you know. I think he wanted Trey Lance. I think that – I don't – I think you have, have, have to have a certain level of arrogance to succeed in any – any organization in the world, the Air Force, Microsoft, Popeyes, like the police department, wherever you work, you have to have a certain level of self-awareness with a little bit of ego to where, you know, you look, I'm going to compete and I'm going to win. Like, you have to have that confidence and that. I think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch felt like they, they had that confidence because if you looked at their team, Look at all these teams who have these quarterbacks that they pay a lot of money to, like Dallas. Dallas hasn't been to an NFC championship game in like 25 years, and they're constantly loaded with talent, defensively, offensively, always loaded. 27 Uh, years. You know, you got the Baltimore Ravens, always stacked, always stacked, you know, stacked good team. Uh, Indianapolis those years with, with Peyton. So you have all these teams that are just, Essentially, paying into their teams and they're stacking the teams up. New Orleans, another team that was always stacked defensively, and they weren't getting to Super Bowls and NFC championships. And San Francisco, like, yeah, we're getting to Super Bowls, and I don't even think we're our best version of ourselves yet. Watch what I can do when I get this guy that none of you really heard of, other than some YouTube highlights. Watch what I do to the league when I get this guy. And I think that. That might have clouded his judgment because I'm like, yo, you could have got fields and done the same thing. Or you could have been like, I'm going to keep Garoppolo and I'm going to recreate the 2000 Baltimore Ravens defense. But I have offensive weapons. He already had Debo. He already had our He had Grit, uh George Kittle. They had a good run game. that had Mostert and the guys like that. They Elijah already Mitchell.
0: Had, mm-hmm. Elijah
1: Mitchell, they had the run scheme that his dad, you know, made famous out of Denver. His dad is an advisor to him on the team. So it was like you had everything you need offensively. You could have just shut it down. You could have held teams to 14 to 16 points every single week. And they had a favorable have, if, division. Easy six wins. Your wins are easy. You're already in Sean McVay's head because you beat him every time. Arizona's always a shell of themselves. And Seattle was, granted, I think they had Russ one year, but they were in turmoil because Russ. I almost say he thought he was better than he was, but there was there was a disconnect there. Defense just it it just does something to it does something to the a fan base. Imagine you go to a football game and. Like my son plays offense for his uh, his, uh, his high school football team, if the other team is shutting that down, where's my entertainment? I have no offensive entertainment. I'm disgruntled. I'm cursing the coaches, wondering why they don't go to the wide side of the field because the defense is shutting it down. We get it. Offense is gonna make it pop. They're gonna get a play. Someone's gonna miss a tackle. Like you can miss one tackle and it's it's lights out. But right. if you're gang tackling every play and it's like it looks like the offensive line's not blocking because the defense is so good, that is so frustrating and so demoralizing, even at the NFL level. He could have had that. And I think he went offense when it was like you could have bolstered the hell out of your defense mm-hmm. with those picks going forward and the 12th overall pick in that draft.
0: And then even last year, you know, they went out and got McCaffrey You know, so they just like got a dumb spoil of riches over there in the Bay. So, 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 you know, that's where, like, when I look back at it, it's hard to like, so it's obviously two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. So I can look at San Francisco and say, hey, why did they do that? But I'm like, hey, y'all still on the doorstep too. So, you know, this, this isn't a situation where the Saints You know, I know you wanted to get there. The Saints and Ricky Williams, this isn't that situation. This isn't Washington and RG3, you know, like just trading your whole process or whatever you want to call it just to end up with this one guy. And then when it doesn't work out, because once RG3 didn't work out, Washington was left holding the bag. Like luckily they had drafted Kirk Cousins, you know,
1: but. Which at the time looked like a strange move. Like I remember watching that draft thinking like, They got a quarterback they trade up for in the first round, and they got another guy in the fourth round.
0: Yeah, and it's crazy because as a Washington fan, I remember arguing with people because I didn't want RG3. You know, I was like, yo, let's trade down, get a lineman, get some extra picks, pick up Kirk Cousins in the third round. And then it became a joke because, like, I wasn't a big Russell Wilson fan. So it became like a whole, like, why does two five hate the black quarterbacks? You know what I mean. It was like <laughs> that was like a thing. You know what I mean? Because I was like, no, I want Kirk Cousins because I watched him in college. I
1: didn't realize how small RG three was until he suited up with that number ten for Washington. I was like, he looked big at Baylor.
0: Yeah, he, he looked did.
1: big in those track photos. When he yeah, was I saw doing, him like, in person. I
0: watched him against Colorado. He looked big in person. And-
1: he looked big. And then I seen him line up. I was like, yo, he looks way like because Andrew Luck got drafted that same year. And I remember watching Andrew Luck behind his line. I'm like, oh, he fits. Yeah. He, looks, he looks like he he looks like an offensive guard that plays quarterback. Whereas RG3 he looked like a slot wide receiver. I was but, like, but yo, Washington- he looks small.
0: But Washington had more issues than just needing a quarterback. So when it didn't work out with him, everything else got exposed. Because when you do have a quarterback that can make plays with his legs and all that it mask a lot of things, you know, so I guess that's what San Francisco was maybe looking for, was to mask some other weaknesses. But when you look at Kirk Cousins. I don't think they
1: had any. I think I they just had a, per- a person. Maybe it was a person. I think they overreacted
0: team. to losing the Super Bowl. They just overreacted.
1: And I never see, like I say this about uh, a boy Brandon Miller and um, Charlotte. I've never seen Jimmy G show any emotion other than smiling. Yeah. Every time you get the camera Jimmy G, he's smiling. Even when he was literally now think about this. And this is something that like.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, if you got Kendra Luss waiting for you, you'd be smiling too.
1: Listen, everybody's getting one of these porn stars. Apparently. <laughs> but Jimmy G was literally on the side field Throwing passes to like a like a quarterback coach, while practice is going on, he's out there no pass, just in a shirt. Last season, just out there like, okay, y'all don't want me, but I'm here in San Francisco gear, just throwing passes when they're trying to mold Trey Lance into the starter. And I, you know, I'm pretty sure they had Brock Purdy on on the team, and then they had somebody else. But literally, Jimmy G was off in the side field just throwing passes at practice. They didn't give him a playbook. They literally didn't give him a playbook. So if you think about all of that stuff, if that would have happened in a different organization, I guess it's a testament to Kyle Shanahan's ability to kind of galvanize people and John Lynch's ability to be leaders because that type of stuff should have tore, it should have tore the locker room apart. Not having, not having Trey ready when you gave up picks You're ruining like some of these guys in the middle of their prime, they're going to get paid. Debo Samuel's trying to get his money for it. Warning like you got a lot of guys in their prime. It's like, yo, you're out here playing around with this quarterback position, but they're so good on defense that that's the mask that covers up whatever they're inept on offense. But they're also really good on offense because the coach and you know who is the the, the the offensive genius. So, like, it should have torn it apart. But I think Jimmy G's like, I think it's I don't know if it's professionalism or just. Confidence, or just the money, or just the love of football—I don't know what it is that kept him from not giving any sound bites. Like, think about any other quarterbacks in that situation right now. Maybe Jalen Hurts won't give you any sound bites. Maybe Justin Herbert—like, if Justin Herbert was on the side field, throwing Joe Burrow's
0: going to say something.
1: Joe Burrow's going to say something. It's going to (laughs) be slick. Lamar's going to say something. It's going to be reckless. Yeah. Justin Fields is going to give you a lot of attitude. But, like, you know, you got a guy like Philip Rivers would definitely say something. Right. You know, you know Derek, Carr might, Derek Carr might say something funny because he's kind of cheeky.
0: Well, well, you know, the, the ironic part, you know, as we wrap this up, the, the the ironic part about this is that they did something stupid, but they still showed that they were correct because Brock Purdy... Was Mister Irrelevant the last pick yeah. of the
1: draft? That's, and they threw... That's yo. I'm I'm sick of people saying that you, my man. Yo, that they didn't know that he was gonna be good.
0: No, they didn't. But I, but they no the, no. They had but the three, point is, they had no. But the three, point six is, six
1: round picks and they didn't pick him.
0: No, but, were, but the they, no, yeah. but the point, is, the point is, the point is, the point is, you're right. But the point is, is that like, hey, they thought they were gonna go get Trey Lance because hey, we can like coach this dude up, develop him, and then he's just gonna take over and we're not going to miss a beat whereas they went and got this seventh rounder had to play him out of necessity and like oh shit we're a game away from the super bowl again so they were right they just did the wrong move
1: I, I where i say they were right they were right in moving trey lance to dallas right now like i think that was a smart move is like like I like I've been uh you know I'm always trying to lecture my kids as much as I can about don't you know, just living doing it make it happen make a mistake I got you I'm gonna support you but go do the thing. You messed up, you got to own it, and you got to move on. And right. that's like that's an element of of our of our existence was like, if you mess up, you got to recognize it and move on, instead of them trying to just. They could have put Purdy on the pup list, and given. Trey lands four games as a starter with Darnold as a backup to see if this quote unquote experiment worked, but they say, you know what? Brock's ready to go. The doctors cleared him. He looks like he's ready to go. He's zipping around in practice. We don't think an extra four weeks is going to get Trey to the point where Brock has already passed. Let's go ahead and make this move. They made it late in the, you know, the, the season, you know, the the preseason and the offseason, whatever the case may be, but they, they, they acknowledge like, Hey, this this the best shot for him is to get him out of here. Take whatever you can get. Don't play hardball because that's what really what they have. They have that leverage because they have so much talent on the team itself. They didn't need to try to get a first round pick because people are like, oh, you should at least recoup what you gave up. You weren't going to get that. You weren't going to you weren't going to get that. Like Shannon Sharp said that months ago when I think this was floated out there and he said it a lot. He was like, I'm not going to give you. $20,000 for a car that I know you're willing to give up for eight. Right. Like, why would I give you 20? I and, know and you can't, you can't it for more than eight. So why would I offer you 20?
0: And that's why I always liked Minnesota. You know, it's where he's from, you know, Kirk cousins, you know, is either on his last year or next year is his last year on, on his contract. So you got your mentor or slash watch him or whatever. You got an offensive coach up there. Um, O'Connell, you know, um, there you go. Like, like you got another NFL other, you, backup, Justin knows Jefferson. What
1: it was like, you knows what it's like to be a backup big target, Jordan Addison. So you Jordan. have, you have targets. Yeah.
0: So, so like, so like from that standpoint, you know, I don't know what Minnesota's position is, but from everything that I've been reading in the last year, it sounds like when Kirk Cousins' contract is up, he's up. He's up. So you know. So that's why I thought if that they, they offer would
1: offer a fourth. Like, if he went for a fourth, like, to me, if he went for a fourth, I can only imagine that, what, three, four teams inquired? Yeah. Because for for you to say yes to a fourth-round pick from Dallas, which is probably going to be 125th, 127th pick.
0: Hell, uh, even Denver could have brought him in. They got the quarterback whisperer, right?
1: They, they have an aging quarterback that's, well, I think, but that's the difference. That's the organizational difference because you need a team that has a quarterback that they believe in. Dallas is a good spot because Dallas does believe in that. Contrary to what the media wants people to think so we can talk, we can just talk good things about Dallas. Like Mike McCarthy has gone 24 and 10 as a head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. That's a good stat. We can talk about that. I know, but, but he don't look like some, I want
0: my head coaches to look.
1: I mean, yeah, he can slim down, <laughs> you know I mean, some Nutrisystem, holler at Mike Golick, you know what I mean, <laughs> get pipe. Uh, You know, you can do my workout program 300 minutes a week, you know I mean, five days a week, 60 minutes. That's it, elliptical, some weight, some core, get out there. We old, we don't need to be in there long anyway. That's how your muscles start to hurt. But Dallas is a good team, top defense. I mean, Trayvon Diggs got to stop giving him yards, but if he's going to get you an interception every game and a half, then I think you just kind of ride or die with it. That You know, he changed, He basically gives you an extra possession every game and a half, and then your running game, your big well, offense he's going to get line. some action
0: this year because I don't know how many people are going to throw it at Gilmore.
1: Well, some some has got to give, and I think <laughs> Dallas is one of those good teams, and I think that's why the move makes sense at least to get Trey in the room with the guy who's not your prototypical, like, pocket passer. Dak, is a, Dak doesn't throw a pretty ball. Dak just, he just, you could just tell people, they, the team believes in him. Right. You know, and I think Trey needs to go to a place where the team believes in the quarterback. I think the 49ers, they rock with Purdy, but I think they have the same questions we have. Is he big enough to last the season? I'm not sure if anybody's riding with Sam Darnold because we've all seen, you know, his 60 games. I see dead people. He's <laughs> I'm just there. I can't believe really yeah. that while he was mic'd up. But I think Trey going to Dallas works. I'm not sure if it ascends him to be in a starter for another team next year who's inevitably going to need a quarterback because we'll talk about that here when we do our predictions and things of that nature. So I'm not sure. If it makes him a starter, I'm not sure what the quarterback coaching situation is in Dallas where if there's a quarterback whisper on the staff that can get his feet right, but it gives him an opportunity to get out of San Francisco, not have to answer that question over and over again and just sit behind Dak and hold the clipboard and learn as much as you can. And yep. Cooper Rush for that matter.
0: Yep. And everybody's got questions because we got questions. I got questions about the AFC. East. So, this is our final division, you know, in our previews, you know, and then we're going to have Super Bowl picks up coming in the next next couple of episodes and everything. We're going to walk through the playoffs and all that. But here we are, AFC East, and Mr. Logical is going to tell you why the Dolphins are going to win the East.
1: You know what, listen, I've been going back and forth. <laughs> I've, like, I've been legitimately going because – just a quick, just one line on each team that makes you think, like, they could win it all. Right. Buffalo has Josh and Stefan.
0: Yep, and they've done it.
1: That they, and they've done it. They've been the beast of the East for the last couple of years. The New, York Jet, the New York Jets are Green Green Bay East. They made a lot of moves. Miami has so much speed offensively. San Francisco
0: should have got Aaron Rodgers.
1: They were going to get Phillip Rivers. Come on. <laughs> uh, and then they have, they got the young, they got a young defensive end to go opposite of Bradley Chubb. And then you throw with Ramsey whenever he comes back. Mike McDaniel seems to be a very competent, confident, you know, free living coach. Two was getting feisty. I'll get into that. Yeah, you don't want to get
0: in that cage with Ryan Clark, though. He better chill.
1: And just New England's just—they got Bill Belichick. It's kind of with it's kind of the Pittsburgh Mike Tomlin thing. Like, I, like I said, I know I picked Pittsburgh to finish fourth. That's because I just think the quarterback just won't be able to make the plays, and they'll lose a couple of games twenty to seventeen because he just can't get the touchdown drive, or he can't get the field goal drive. You, you and know, that's what's crazy. Be the you know,
0: what's and I crazy? think that's going to
1: happen in a couple of these games as well.
0: Every team in this division could have a top 10 to 12-ish defense. Yes. (laughs) So that makes it even tougher because usually when you look at these divisions, like when we look at the AFC North, looking at Pittsburgh, you're like, hey, the defense is going to carry the day for them. You know, like, hey, what's Joe Burrow gonna do in Cincinnati? You know, or you look at Denver, hey, can Denver's offense match their defense? Or hey, can Staley actually get his defensive reputation to show on his defense? But when I look at the AFC East, it's like, hold up. So all these teams have
1: defense top 10.
0: 10. Legitimately
1: top 10 defenses.
0: So I'm struggling. So just for the sake of conversation and for the sake of holding my own feet to the fire, I'm am gonna pick Buffalo to win the division. You know, uh, but I'm really so so. This it's is an
1: a- ironic easy tough pick. It's like well, easy because they've done it, but it's still tough because you want to you want to believe in other teams. Just because so I wanted to believe, believe in play. Miami, I wanted to
0: believe in Miami because you know obviously Tua has to stay on the field. They were seven and four when he played last year. You know, they beat Buffalo with him last year. And then the second time they played Buffalo with him, it went down to the wire. And then of course, you know, the playoff game without Tua, you know, we talked about Mike and the timeout situation and all that stuff. Yo, but the problem line. when I, the problem that I see with Miami is that I did the one thing I shouldn't have did. I looked at their schedule.
1: <laughs>
0: so Weeks one through four, at the Chargers, at Foxborough, Denver, at Buffalo. Who does this? You know, so, so that's first of all. Then, weeks seven through nine, at Philly, the rematch Tough. with the Patriots, Tough. Kansas City. Tough. And then you're thinking like, okay, they got to come down the stretch. Nope. They get down the stretch, weeks fifteen through eighteen. Jets, Dallas at Baltimore. Close with Buffalo. Can't do it with Miami. Like I wanted to, but I just can't do it.
1: That yeah, that's 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 tough. That's tough. Um, it's tough because there's this this every everyone's trepidation is that two was going to get hurt, right? his can his second concussion when the defensive lineman for c- cincinnati pulled him down by i think it was the, either the warmer or his waist like the hand warmer wow. he had something that had some leverage on it that would have i mean i'm pretty sure we'll give two we'll give him two 15 two ish about six foot six one two fifteen that's a pretty solid size, grown man, but you're being pulled down by 300-pound defensive lineman. No chance. No chance. Yeah. But if that was Justin Herbert, it would have probably been the same thing just because of the way that this guy was literally on the ground. Right. Pulling him down to the ground. Like, there was, he wasn't pulling him on top of himself. He was pulling him like – it was a weird angle. So, anyone would have been in that situation. Wait, well, it was a freak would injury. Would have bounced their head off the ground. It was
0: a freak injury. The week but before you also with the bat the giving out. That's what I was about to say. You could make the argument he shouldn't even have been playing
1: yeah so like that's that's one element to it so he doesn't have a strong arm so naturally the play calling is get the ball out quick he has two of the fastest wide receivers and football on his team who make catches in traffic they're that's not the, just that's go route guys too. nice running backs with the same i think when he a few years back clocked himself at like 22 miles an hour in a game uh chain who was injured, you know, so he They got
0: Jeff Wilson.
1: Jeff Wilson another speedster. You know just that that San Francisco, you know, San Francisco on South Beach kind of situation with Mike McDaniel's what is, you know, his relationship with Kyle Shanahan that went from Cleveland all the way to San Francisco and now he got his own gig down in Miami. Well, before So, got you want to get the ball year. out quick so he he probably he probably shouldn't take that many hits. Especially now they know how susceptible he is to the concussion is right. like Let's really get this ball out quicker. Let's get the ball to flat to these speedy running backs and wide receivers and just let you win MVP off, you know, off of rack yards.
0: Well, looking back at it, before he got hurt, they had beat the Patriots, the Bills, and the Ravens to start out three and zero last year, you know, and Tyreek Hill was on his way to becoming a part of the MVP conversation. And there were legit talks of is he gonna break. Calvin Johnson's regular, you know, his uh, His yards in the season, you know, that Cooper Cup almost broke the year before. So, so, so like Miami has a lot to like about them. And like you mentioned, they brought in Jalen Ramsey, you know, which I think is one of the underrated quiet signings. Like it was people made a big deal of it at the time, but he's been injured. So, you know, it's kind of, I think, under the radar now. So so Miami still has a chance. They just got the schedule. You know, I mean, the good yeah, news he's is one of those
1: guys that if you like, for instance, if you if you have Jalen Ramsey for your last 10 games, say say he misses the first seven, but he's you know he's ready, they just they hold him out, and then he plays the last ten. He can shut down one half of the field for 10 games.
0: So 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 what do you do if your quarterback has concussion problems and gets hit too much?
1: What do you do? I would probably get a guard. (laughs) i get a couple guards, maybe a fullback, somebody that can uh, keep the defensive lineman off my quarterback.
0: Yeah, so part of that is you got to run the ball too. So so this is the thing. Miami last season, they just got to be willing to run because how many teams are there in the NFL?
1: 32.
0: They were 31st in rushing attempts last year.
1: That doesn't make any sense, but that that doesn't make any sense considering that he came from San Francisco. Yeah, keep going.
0: And then they were twenty seventh in rushing yards per game, so they're not running the ball. And then maybe they're not that effective when they do it. So that's why I say you have to at least do it to keep the defense honest. You know, like you have to make the defense think that you will or can run the ball. You should be
1: better at it, considering that you have those speedsters on the outside. On the outside, yeah, that can play on the inside, and that's the other thing. You can put like Tyreek Hill is such a good route runner. You can put him in the slot, and the defense, most defenses, don't move their number one corner to the slot because that puts their third guy
0: right outside the numbers. Except for Bill Belichick. (laughs)
1: Bill Bill Belichick will put his number one guy on your number two receiver. Right, right. And then he'll put his two and three corners or linebackers on your number one guy. So that's how he neutralizes that. But If you think back to the Buffalo-Kansas City game, Tyreek Hill caught that first pass. Like, he kind of motioned to the slot, caught it, ran behind Travis Kelsey, got down, timeout. And then Travis Kelsey did the same thing on the other side. But – so Tyreek Hill's willing to go to the slides. Some wide receivers only want to be on the outside because that's where they want to match up. Yeah. But having guys like Waddle and Tyreek Hill, like you move to the inside, like your play calling just has to be better. His Mike McDaniels game management has to be better. Definitely. Because the last time we saw him in that playoff game, I was screaming. And they lost at him. So <laughs> and like, they lost Gase. They lost
0: Mike Gisecki to New England. So, you know, in the division, you know, and, you know, so when I look at New England, we've talked about Mac Jones, you know, uh, what is it? Michael McCorkle Jones. We talked about him and, and, you know, we don't believe in him, you know, like, but it's the same thing. He doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers for the Patriots to be successful. You know, he just has to be smart, sound. Play within itself. They actually have an offensive of play caller now because last year they had Matt Patricia calling the plays while he Yo, was also trying to be I an offensive of
1: line coach. I saw one drive. They kept calling like this, this RPO bubble screen that wasn't working. And Mac was like, that's the same damn play. Stop <laughs> calling these damn run plays. It was like, it was calling the same play. And it's like, I'd like, I like Mac. Um, but he is in, he should be in a better situation. When they talked about Peyton Manning, Colin Cowherd said this, I'm, probably, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it before, like, you don't want to be the guy that follows the legend. You want to be the guy who follows the guy who followed the legend. Right. So you had Tom Brady go to Tampa Bay, you brought in Cam Newton. But Tom Brady won a Super Bowl all his first year at Tampa Bay. And then he's essentially in the MVP running. In my, in my personal opinion, I thought he should have got more MVP consideration the couple of years after the Super Bowl because he had nearly, you know, I think he had 40 touchdowns, five, you know, over 5,000 yards. It's like, why is Aaron Rodgers the only one getting consideration for MVPs? I thought, I thought Tom Brady played his ass off in those two years. So New England fans are watching Tom Brady still play at an elite level and then matt comes in so he never really got to follow the guy who followed the legend right, because the legend right. continued to be legendary so now that tom's gone and maybe tampa bay is going to be terrible people might the the new england fans might come back and be like you know what all right mac we're with you now we were watching tom we were hoping maybe he came back to us he retired decided to stay down to miami whatever the case may be all right mac we're with you we got your offensive coordinator Bill Belichick is probably like, you know what? Go for it, let Matt Cook, but they don't have the weapons. They get they when I got the journeyman Juju S- Smith Schuster, not a number one guy, has been a number one guy ever. He was always lost. Jacoby Myers guy lost Jacoby Myers. I mean, he won't do any more laterals.
0: So, um, so here's a question for you. So, when you got a young quarterback and a limit qu- limited quarterback. What should you do on offense?
1: I think you should run the ball. You should run the ball.
0: And you know <laughs> what? You know, because when we think about the Patriots, see, this is where numbers gets us in trouble. Because when we think about the Patriots, we think of the Patriots as a running team. You know, Ramondre Stevenson, they had uh, Damian Harris. You know, so we think of the Patriots as a run team. But they were 19th in rushing attempts. Uh, and 24th in rushing yards per game, so maybe the Patriots weren't running the ball as much as we thought they were, or they just wasn't that effective at it.
1: So no, now they probably try to pass on first down and it'd be incomplete because they're they have a defensive coordinator calling plays <laughs> so then when they know you're not going to throw another pass on second down, yeah, and they load the box up. So, and so they try to where, run into this box, and it's like nothing you can do about it.
0: So, this is where having Bill O'Brien could help because now that offensive game plan should have some cohesiveness because I'm sure there were times where I was watching the Patriot game last year where there might be a play that worked, but then you didn't see it for like a while or another quarter or you might not see it. for the, Yeah, and you know what I mean? So there, so there was no cohesiveness, so that should, you know, help them right off top. You got Zeke, you know, now for the goal line, short yardage situations. Yo,
1: Zeke looks like I, – I saw a video of him walking. I know he wears a lot of layers when he comes – I thought he was a guard. <laughs> he looked like – because I, literally I looked when he was coming, like he was walking down the stairs, and he was like, oh, you guys got a nice turf here. He said something like that. And I looked at like 15. I'm like, oh, that's Zeke. I was like – but I know he does wear a lot of layers. Right, I think that, right, like, right, He wears like the hoodie he plays. But he just he – looks, he looks pretty solid. Like he looks like a pretty big dude.
0: Yeah, so the good news for New England is that, you know, they did finish eighth in defensive yards per game, so giving up the yards. Um, They were third. They had the third most sacks in the league last year. So, you know, they got some positives going for them. But then I looked at their schedule. We This whole division, like, they didn't get no favors because that's the good news for the Dolphins that we were talking about last time because they all play the same teams. But it's just just that whole thing about the order and, like, the back-to-back and all that stuff. So weeks one through five, Philly, Miami at the Jetropolitans at Dallas and the Saints. Luckily, it's not in the House of Horrors. You know, then they get like somewhat of, of a relief until week 12. And then weeks 12 through the end of the season, they go back to East Rutherford for, for the Giants, play the Chargers, go to Pittsburgh, back home for Kansas City. From Kansas City, they go to Mile High to Buffalo. And then they come back home to finish up with the politics. So, first of all, who scheduled them for at Pittsburgh, come home from Kansas City, go to Denver, go to Buffalo? Who scheduled that?
1: Yo, they play the NFC East and the AFC West. Like, how, how did the NFL say, you know what? <laughs> We're going to make one division play – the NFC East got three teams in the playoffs last year.
0: I know, almost then, four. If Ron Rivera would have uh, paid attention to his record,
1: I mean, mathematically,
0: no. If they if they won, they were in. It was that simple.
1: You can't get. Can you get? You can't. You can't get all four, in, can you? It's. It yeah. It would have been crazy. But all yeah, it'd be crazy. Teams,
0: yeah, they were. They they finished. They were. Uh, just would have, have taken a one. bunch of
1: different tiebreakers and yada, yada, yadas. Well, no, they, they
0: had it. They had it because, like, uh, Detroit and all of them, if they would have lost one more game, all Washington needed to do was beat Cleveland. And they lost that game. So that's how the Detroit-Seattle-Green Bay thing came to be in the final week because if Washington would have won that game and they would if have beat Dallas, they would have been in. You know, that's besides crazy. the fact that so, Rob Rivera started, uh, you know, he started Carson Wentz that game too, but that's a whole other story. But back to the AFC East. So the Patriots, when they held teams to less than twenty points last year, they were seven and zero. So if teams scored twenty, they went one and nine.
1: Because is- they don't have the skill position players to win shootouts. They didn't. They didn't have. They don't have the offensive scheme because at some point, you know, these guys are world-class athletes at the wide receiver position, running back position. Yes, everybody's not going to be Tyreek Hill. Everyone's not going to have the catch ratings of DeAndre Hopkins. But these guys are like, they're all professionals. But they just don't have – I don't think they have the scheme to get in the shootouts. I'm not sure if New England is playing the game. (coughs) Excuse me. And it's 34-30. And they got the ball and they need to get a touchdown and they win the game 37-34. Their personnel groupings aren't wired for such a thing, nor do I think their philosophy fits that. You know, and then if you get to jump on them, you probably you probably can hold them down because they just they're not their team isn't designed and it never really has been, even with Tom Brady.
0: Yeah, we were talking about it. And then we were talking about it. If if Matt Jones gets hurt, they cut all the other quarterbacks today. Got no other quarterbacks. So so my guy Bailey is out of there. You know, Malik the future Cunningham is out of there. You know what I mean? So what I so when I look at the Patriots, though, you know, they got uh they still have Kendrick Bourne, you know, a decent little receiver. You know, they got Kayshawn Booty, Booty, you know, from LSU, you know, who was supposed to be the next great thing, fell all the way to the fifth round. You know, uh they got Devontae Parker, who I thought would be pretty good coming out of college, but you know, Hay hasn't been pretty good. Hasn't panned out yet. You know, they got they got Gusecki from Miami, and they got Hunter Henry still, which Hunter Henry's a pretty good tight end. But you know, so they yeah. haven't really utilized him. i have utilized. Like, they him, signed right.
1: him and John New Smith that one all season with Bill Belichick. Spent like two hundred million dollars, and I thought that was going to be the turnaround, and yeah. it never really came to fruition because, like, like you say, you you need you can have all these players, but if the coach scheme doesn't match the player skill set, it's not gonna marry. So yeah, so that's why you yeah. gotta
0: hope. And that's why you gotta hope that having Bill O'Brien in there, you know, he's coached under Belichick before, you know, so like there's not much of an adjustment as far as the expectation. You just have to get Mac Jones on board, which I'm sure Mac Jones is just happy to have an offensive coordinator again. You know, and, it, and there's a <laughs> the respect
1: factor. I think Bill respects uh the the, the two Bills respect each other. Right. To the point where Bill will just handle the defense. He'll just be right. in the defensive huddles and let Bill O'Brien. But it's gonna be tough. Like you know, like you saw off the first four weeks. So Philly, the, Miami, Jets, Cowboys is like that's yeah that's a tough run.
0: So so the key for the Jetropolitans to win this division is that they just got to get through Week Six. If they could get through Week Six, four and two, maybe three and three they should feel pretty good about the rest of their season because they, Monday night against Buffalo, they go to Dallas, New England, Kansas City at home. Both of those are at home. They go to Mile High, and they play Philly. So if they can just get through those six games, not two and four or one and five, they should feel pretty good about the rest of their season and how the schedule breaks out.
1: The 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 issue that I see rearing its head for the Jets is something that's living up in this area, you're kind of familiar with the media and like the and then when people talk about the New York media, it's not that it's just it's tough to like deal with New York, it's just so much. It's just they're they're not, you know, they're not your friends. they
0: are bold just, in your face. <laughs> they're, in your
1: face, it's just a very East Coast, Northeast bravado. Like, no one's going to hold back. If Aaron Rodgers thinks it up, the back of page six is going to have some catchy clickbait. And it's going to have his stats. And it's going to be a pitch him with his head down, maybe upset. They're, they don't care. They're going to do the most. And that's yeah. the difference. Yeah, most They've people respect the players. expectations.
0: Most yeah. people respect. If, if, Pat Re- if Patrick If Patrick Mahomes has a bad game, that dude in Kansas City is going to be like, so, Pat, what did you see out there? Was it something that the defense did? He's going to get the chance to elaborate and answer that question. If Aaron Rodgers comes out here on Monday night, yeah, Yeah. Aaron Rodgers comes out here and lays an egg on Monday night, they're going to say, why you ain't beat Buffalo?
1: (laughs) You were brought here to win championships. Do you think your championship chances are gone now? And you're all one. Like that's the question you're gonna get. You off came break. here,
0: Patrick Ewan, and left John Starks.
1: Yeah, like <laughs> Mahomes threw three picks against Denver, and they still won the game. If you throw three picks in New York City, you're gonna you're gonna have it. That's why Zach Wilson was like a robot at the podium because it was like there's nothing I can say or do. when right. good, bad, or indifferent. Nick Wright said this on First Things First, and you know, like I don't like to get my my points from them, but sometimes you know you you get a good one, and you run with it. His knock on the Jets and what he feels about the Jets, and I kind of like, I think, it's the same way, is that they're gonna have potentially a ten and seven year, or eleven and six.
0: Yeah, I got them ten and seven. Yep.
1: And that's gonna be their best year, and like you said, over a decade, and it won't be good enough, and people are gonna get fired. And he was like, "No company would look at their upcoming year." And be like, "Yo, this is our best year we've had in a decade," and get rid of people. He's like, "The Jets are potentially going to do that." He's like, "If they go ten and seven and make the playoffs and they make a good run, then people's jobs might be safe." But if you make, if you go ten and seven and you don't make the playoffs, it's gonna be like, "Well, is Salah the right guy for the job?" Is Nathaniel Hacking going to take over? So I think there's a lot of when it comes to Aaron Rodgers because he has Hall of Fame credentials and and top tier talent that people think it's just apples for apples. Take Zach Wilson out, put Aaron Rodgers in, win more games. Well, some of those games, Aaron might not throw that route because he don't want to get a tipped interception. And maybe he gets strip sacked.
0: Yeah, he will throw it out of bounds.
1: Or he throws it out of bounds, they have to punt, and the punt gets returned for a touchdown because someone's out of position. So, case in point, in His last NFC championship game in Green Bay. Third down would have been an easy throw to like Tanya or Aaron Jones. It gets deflected. They punt. San Francisco blocks it, returns it for a touchdown. They win the game. I mean, so it's just like those kind of games, like those kind of situations could happen. Even with Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, it's not a matter of just swapping out one guy, putting another guy, and then you just automatically win a few more games because they won a lot of games and they were a top defense yeah i'm pretty sure if it was a video game you still aaron Rodgers in, it's all good to go but you got continuity is he going to mesh with gary wilson is lazar going to get more targets is wilson going to get more targets are they going to give the ball to Devin cook they have like you know an embarrassment of riches but is it all going to work together considering yeah. that it didn't start until August. And you
0: still got to fit his boy Randall Cobb in there, too, unless, you know, he got cut and I missed it today, you know.
1: And Randall about to go ahead and just – he's going to be a healthy scratch uh, wide receivers coach. Just go get that second career started.
0: So, like you said, their defense, Jets gave up the fourth-fewest points last season, you know, uh, and fourth uh, lowest yards per game. They actually started six and four, even with Zach Wilson and Mike White you know, sharing duties, but then, you know, they had a six game loser streak, you know, including you brought up the punt return. I got to bring up the punt return against new England, you yeah. know, where the, where the ref missed the penalty, but you know, whatever, but, uh,
1: um, the unnecessary block in the back. Yeah, the Those, are the worst yeah. ones. Those are the worst ones.
0: So six of their 10 losses last year, they went seven to 10, six of their 10 losses were one score games. So you would hope that in that situation, because year to year, those tend to reverse themselves. Like we talked about the Vikings and their, how they did well yeah, in the one-score like, games. They might be
1: 8-9 this year if they, they rest on that whole one-score thing, yeah.
0: Right. So so now you would hope or think that for the Politans that this would switch around and, you know, like maybe they go 4-1 and one or 4-2 and two in these close games this year which will turn their record around, you know, but to Mr. Logical's point, you know, cause he was trying to tell me, you know, I don't know if y'all were here for the first couple of episodes or whatever, but he was trying to tell me that Daniel Jones was this top 10 quarterback. And you know, one of the fights that we had was Aaron Rodgers and Daniel Jones, you know, like was, is he really better than Aaron Rodgers? Like, no, he's not better than Aaron Rodgers, but maybe he had a better season. So he did, in fact, because as I went back through my numbers here, Aaron Rodgers had the sixth worst QBR in the league last year. You know, now granted that, you know, he did lose Devontae Adams, you know, so you would like to think that getting some better receivers will help that out, but we'll see, you know, but Aaron Rodgers is also that dude where he's got what I like to call Kobe Bryant syndrome where, right. I remember... There was a a reporter that asked Kobe if he was going to get his teammates involved. And Kobe said something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something like, you want me to pass it to Sasha Medvedenko? You know what I mean? Aaron Rodgers is like that. You know, the first time one of these receivers that he doesn't know drops a pass, runs the wrong route, the timing is off. You know, he's going to sulk, and he ain't going to give that ball back for quite some time.
1: I, was, I saw a game, Barquez valdez Scantling against Chicago. He ran like a scene route or a deep post route. It was him, the grass, and the goalposts dropped it. Aaron's face, instead of being like, ah, we missed one, it was you dropped it. You son of it, a bitch. You <laughs> ruined it my touchdown, the interception ratio, because there was nothing in front of him. It just was the goalposts in the audience. That was it. So yeah. Aaron didn't throw the ball for the rest of the game.
0: He came over there and with that energy. Him. He came over there. I'm a cop, you idiot. You know, like, but, yo, the Jets also had the offensive and defensive rookie of the year last year. So, you know, you brought up Garrett Wilson, they had Sauce Gardner on the defensive side, Rookie of the Year. They got another shutdown corner on the other side, so defense I think is good to go. You know, but one of the underrated pickups. We'll see how it plays out. But I know Mr. Logical is not a fan of this guy. But you know, Aaron Rodgers also has Nicole Harmon. You know, so you know that doesn't
1: a, make plays. He I just, know, it, he I just know. it just does not look like. It just does not. I don't know if he's on the field or not. Isaiah Pacheco for Kansas City last year. You remember plays he made in the Super Bowl. You remember plays he's made throughout the season last year. And I don't. I'm not calling him out just because he's from Jersey. Shout out to Millville. But you remember him making plays. You remember Tony making plays. You remember Sky Moore making plays. How many people caught touchdowns? Okay, Patrick Mahomes to to. He threw one to Kelsey. Sky Moore, and Tony in the Super Bowl, and then Pacheco ran one in. Then they had the Moore and had a second touchdown, first
0: touchdown. Maybe or oh, no, no, no. Tony Bolton had the had long punt one. return.
1: He had the long punt return. Yeah, yeah. And that's up the Sky Moore touchdown. Yeah. Uh. So then, and then the Bolton had the the, the touchdown, return, the fumble return. Should have had we to can run. We could run this information down because they make plays in these big moments. Think about McCall Harmon and all the time that he's been in all these playoff runs with Kansas city. Can you think of a moment where he had an impact play? No, I just remember being
0: like, yo, he fast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, I don't know if he's as fast as Tyreek Hill, but I can only imagine if Tyreek Hill runs a four 2 McCall Harmon was a four, three. Like, and, it's not like he's running a 4-9 compared to Tyreek. He's like, you're usually right. as fast as Tyree goes in Miami. I'm like, okay, are you going to fill that void? And he just doesn't make those plays. And I think Aaron's going to probably say the same thing. It's like, this dude's not a playmaker.
0: Well, we're going to see. And then, you know, uh, I remember once upon a time last season, I thought Brees Hall was going to carry me to the Fantasy Football Championship. You know, and then he got hurt. <coughs> you know what I mean? But... He's coming back, and oh, by the way, they went and got my guy, Dalvin Cook, you know. So, just another insurance policy. See you Monday night or Sunday night, LSU, you know. But, uh, yeah, so, so, like, I like the Jets, I like their team, I like the way that they're constructed. They just got to get through that first stretch of the schedule. If they could get through that, like I said, if they could get through that, even if it's three and three, if they could get through that three and three. I
1: think there will be. Fine I, think the ex- I think the expectations are too high, and this is an odd stat. This is from a couple of years ago or last season. Excuse me. <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers, as of you know, with this time with Green Bay, he was like three and forty-five in his career. If he was in the fourth quarter by ten plus points,
0: yeah, he a front runner.
1: Doesn't come back. Patrick Mahomes has like six of those games in his playoff career that he's won. But being down double digits, not necessarily fourth, but like being down double digits. Kirk Cousins been down double digits late in games and come back. It just seems as if Aaron's talent is is supreme. It's a supreme talent. But he's in a new situation. Is he going to flip a switch to where he's like, you know what? this team believes in me more than green bay believes in me in the last few years hence why they drafted jordan love is he gonna bring that to florham park new jersey at the practice facility and on the field and in the film room with these guys and and really take them to the height that he is because right now he, i mean he's he's an upper echelon nfl quarterback of all time it's like i'm gonna get you guys to this level with my talent, because it's, it feels so good to be one of the best in the world at your job. Can he, can he, can he get people to that? Can he look guys in the face and really believe that I can get you to this level? Like the way people look at Joe Burrow, the way that people used to look at Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Elway, uh, Lamar Jackson, when people didn't believe him and he was a unanimous MVP, like those, like those kind of players are rare. Can he get to that level? Because if he can't, it's going to be a situation where there's six and eleven. Who's coming
0: with me, man? Who's coming
1: (laughs) with me? Like who's going to charge his hill with me?
0: Yeah. So 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 like right now, you know, just looking at this, you know, I said that I had Buffalo winning the division. So I'm going to go Buffalo. Jersey. Miami and then New England with the right to flip New England and Miami just off of the schedule if I want to. But, you know, Buffalo now, you know, of course, Brian Dayball left, you know, to go take over the Giants head coaching job. He took Mike Kafka with him, who was the quarterback coach. And then Josh Allen decided that he was just going to brain fart all over the field and do whatever he wanted. He still threw for 5,045 yards and 42 touchdowns. He finished third in the MVP voting, but yet everywhere I look, Buffalo just seems to be a disappointment to a lot of people.
1: There was a lot of red zone interceptions, led the league in end zone red interceptions too. They need to run the ball. They they should have made a move (laughs) to get one of these running backs that might have been available.
0: Uh, uh,
1: uh. I know you, the stats are gonna you, say you didn't pay attention to what
0: I said earlier. Remember, we talked about the Patriots. We thought the Patriots were the bell cow workhorsing team in this division. Well, I will have you know, I'm gonna let you give, I'm gonna get, 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 let you give, Yo, go, go ahead, go ahead. But, Yo, but go, I will, I will have you know, go. I will have you know that Buffalo was eighth in rushing yards per game, they were second in yards per carry. You know, which at five point one yards per carry, by the way, and they were sixteenth in the league in attempts, and they led the division in rushing attempts.
1: Cool. Now, how many red zone interceptions did Josh Allen throw? <laughs> they ran the ball a lot. They didn't run it when they <laughs> got it counted. They went third and two in the playoff game against Miami. He throws a forty yard bomb. That's what I mean. You can run it a lot. And you can get a lot of yards because Josh Allen scrambles and gets you 18 randomly, or you get you pop a draw play here and there, and that's where the numbers is like you know like we talk about the EPR bullets. Yeah, we can flip it to make it look like oh the FMC rate is this yada yada yada. Yeah, yeah, but yeah for yeah. a whole month we didn't have this one part, and then 50 parts show up August 1st, and that whole month we fixed every jet that didn't <laughs> have that part. Yeah, it looks like we did a lot of work, but really all it was was like. We were back, ordered a horn part. It all came right. in. It finish goes up. So they run the ball from 20 to 20. They run it great. But when it comes down to third and one from the 16, they're throwing it. Or they're running with Josh Allen, and he's sticking his elbow in there, and he's going to end up potentially missing time. So I know like, it's the
0: same way that Peyton Manning used to choke games.
1: Peyton Manning just was one of those guys that just would get – he would get in his own way. Like this stuff works for you. The simple mm-hmm. works. This, if you can control the line of scrimmage, offensively and defensively, the likelihood of you winning a game is probably like I don't know what the sports science mathematical right. Situation. But it, it is. goes up exponentially, it's exponentially higher. Oh, <laughs> then I just you know, wanted to get that like, word off. Like if you like if you can't, and, and you've seen it happen where. A running back gets a handoff, and all of a sudden, boom, a defensive tackle's in his gut, i.e., like Jerome Bettis in that Colts playoff game with the Steelers. Jerome Bettis doesn't fumble, but you break through and you create that contact right at the mesh point, boom. Now so you got a right. fumble. You got this random turnover that wouldn't happen because you, you're controlling the line of scrimmage. Buffalo, they have the talent to overcome the simple stuff that they botch. Like they throw it on fourth and two when they should just run it and end up punting it, and then their defense happens to. What well, they you know, in over a stop. Vaughn Miller's on the pup list, so he's going to miss the first four weeks. Yes. So maybe they lost really, Tremaine Edwards really for thirteen games.
0: You know they lost Tremaine Edwards. That's you still be got Milano. Lost. You still got, still got Milano. Boyer. Yep. Uh, so
1: you still, you still have a good back end. That, and they that a in- lot of guys they tackle well. So. They're a good, strong, solid team and they, yeah, know, they, they won 13 they, games. So they
0: brought in two new running backs. You know, they brought in uh Damian Harris and Latavius Murray. So, you know, maybe we'll see some of that. You know, James Cook will probably get a bigger role this year as he should, but I was a big proponent of they should have went they and got, got his brother. brother. Yeah, yeah, you know, they should have did that. You know, they did get Dalton Kincaid, you know, so I love that pick.
1: You know, yeah, but rookie the, tight ends don't really like no, I know, but but, but it's the just like we not Yeah,
0: yeah, it's just like we talked about with George Kittle and uh Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. You know, same concept. Not as good, the same concept. You know, um, they but picked he's up. Got
1: to a- be willing to check it down. He's got to be willing to yeah, throw the it down. tight end drag route or the tight end curl route or the option right in the middle. He's got to be willing to like, you know what? I don't need to hit Gabe Davis for this sixty yard bomb right on first down. Then I they can. Got- just throw this simple short check down and see what happens from there.
0: Then they went and got Taylor Rapp and Leonard Floyd. You know, um, I think Kair Elam is going to be a breakout corner this year. You know, he started to show flashes of that towards the end of last season. So I think their defense will still be, like I mentioned, all the defenses in, in this division is probably top 10 worthy. You know, Buffalo probably being the best of the bunch, you know, um, coming out of last year. Maybe the Jets take a leap in front of them this year, but Buffalo will still be right there. Yeah. Um, you know, it makes me wonder though. It makes me wonder. The one thing that I do wonder about Buffalo, because I know that uh Leslie Frazier is gone as the defensive coordinator, and McDermott is going to be taking over, it sounds like, managing the defense. So We talked about the hot seat a couple of weeks ago. You know, if Buffalo gets to the playoff, loses in the first round, or, you know, gets pushed around like they did against Cincinnati last year, is he one of these panic surprise coaches that we talk about?
1: I don't think so because they're going to win 12 or 13 games.
0: Maybe. I mean, because I'm looking at the schedule. (laughs) I'm looking at the schedule. I mean, yeah,
1: they got the AFC West. And they have the NFC East. But
0: well, well Monday night Buffalo is one
1: of, the- of those teams that handles themselves well against Kansas City. So that's the crimp of the crimp the AFC West. I think they match up well with a team like Dallas with their wide receivers because they can match it with their linebacker play, their defense up front, and like you said, Elam and then Poyer. So I think the Buffalo matchup, they don't have a group that's lacking. Yeah, Tredavious White, yeah. So they don't—they don't have a core like their defensive backs are top-notch, you know, upper echelon players. Their linebacking core solid defensively up front. They're good. Granted, they'll be better with Von Miller, but defensively up front, they're good. They have a defensive head coach, and then offensively, you have Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, Josh Allen. I mean, you just—you just have like you just have so much talent that's been playing together for a while. That's been in. You know big playoff games yes you can't win them all and right. it might be another situation where we remember the 90s buffalo bills that went to four straight super bowls and lost all four it just might not be your time but i think the fact that they have they they have a talent pool that every other team would definitely want
0: oh yeah of course Like
1: it's not like oh we think we think their offensive line is terrible they are they are solid at every position group you need. They just have to put it together, and it might be a situation like I talked about the Jets. The ex, the preseason expectations can't be other people's preseason expectations of your team. Can't be your driving force because they're yes. talking about like Eric mentioned. You talk about like you can't be talking about hoisting the Super Bowl trophy. You got to be talking about getting ready for Week One. We got the Jets Week One. Your conversation is: Our is preseason, we want to get better every day at practice, and then we want the Jets Week One. We want to start off the season one and Man, zero. Aaron Rodgers want, think he
0: gonna come up in here and take our division.
1: We want to go into every game zero zero and leave one and zero, like just something something that we'll see, Like that, you can say whatever you want in the locker room, but you don't need to come out and match your the Buffalo Gazette expectations of the Buffalo Bills because like everyone wants to win the Super Bowl. Let's like you not to say, oh, one. our goal is the Super Bowl. Obviously, everyone's goals to win the Super Bowl, except so for the Arizona one. Cardinals.
0: So week one, they come to your neck of the woods. Um, and then they should get a slight breather, you know. So weeks five through seven, I have my eyes on. I don't think this is murderer's Row by any means, you know, but it's just some good teams back to back to back. So Jacksonville, uh the Giants, and then at Foxborough, they could go three and no in that stretch. You know, it's just one of those things where that's just some good teams that they're playing. But where it gets interesting is week nine all the way through the end of the season because they go, you know, to the scene of the crime at Cincinnati. That's going to be an emotional game. I can't wait for it just to see the psychology part of that game, see how that plays out. They play Denver the next week, rematch with the Jetropolitans at Philly. You know, and then after the bye, go to Arrowhead. Why Kansas City ain't coming to Buffalo? They went to Arrowhead last year. But anyway, Dallas at the Chargers, which is basically like not even a road game because the Chargers don't get any fans anyway. New England, and then they close at Miami. So, you know, so I I ended up with Buffalo at 11 and 6. You know, um, I ended up with the Jets at 10 and 7. And then I got uh, Miami nine and eight, New England eight and nine. So that's where I ended up with the AFCE. So Buffalo, Jets, Miami, New England.
1: I'm gonna go Buffalo, Miami, Jets, New England. Oh, so you got the Jets in danger of missing the playoffs. Yes, just me because I like what I feel about Buffalo. I think Buffalo's expectations, you know, the media expectations levied on them i think that put a little pressure on them last year and they played a little tight because of it i think the jets are going to be in that boat to where fourth and two analytics will say go for it fourth and two from the 45 you got aaron Rodgers. he's been running the ball great all day against you know Dallas or whoever you're playing against and solid's going to want to he's going to punt it and aaron's going to want to go for it and it's going to cost him the game and then in the press conference, I'm like, Aaron, we saw on the sidelines you really want to go for it in that fourth and two in the middle of the fourth. Yeah, you know, I don't make those calls. Yep. yep. And and that's and that's when it happens. That that's that's when it happened with LaFleur in the playoff game when they decided to kick the field goal, they should have gone for it because no matter what, you still needed the ball back. Right. So it was like you should have just gone for it. So I agree with them, but that's what he's gonna say out loud. Right. So that that could be as early as week four against the Chiefs. You know they they go in they go in that game one and two. You know they say they beat say they beat New England. You know they start out zero and two. Most teams don't win can make the playoffs starting zero two. But you go out and you you put a whipping on New England. You've got mm-hmm. momentum. Now you got the Chiefs. You're down twenty. You know you're down twenty to. 14, you, you're battling back and forth. You got Kansas City on the ropes, and it's fourth and two from, like, the 47 or something like that. It's like, we should go for it. And so I going to be like, now we're going to punt, play field position. We still got our timeouts, yada, 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 all the traditional coach stuff. And then it, they're going to lose because Mahomes is going to keep the ball. They're not going to get it back. They're going to kick a field goal, lose a game, 23-14. And Aaron's going to have to answer that question, and then that's going to start it. That's going to start it. Then you got the Broncos the following week. That'll be a win. Then you got the Eagles. You buy the Giants. You got, you know, you both playing essentially at home. So it's just that's the kind of snowball I think that can derail the Jets season. Whereas I think Buffalo's already gone through that. Mm -hmm. I think Miami's already gone through that. Well, Buffalo and New New England's definitely gone through that. And I think the Jets have it.
0: Yeah, Buffalo has the advantage of. Kind of being under the radar because last year was their year where all the money was on them. This year, Push I the think be, to the middle of the table. Yeah, I think I think that, this that year game. people are saying, "Well, hey, until we see somebody beat Kansas City, you got to roll with them." Or
1: hey, we, think the Jets we saw are gonna are gonna the Bengals win AFC East.
0: <laughs> yeah, or we saw the Bengals actually go into Arrowhead, get to a Super Bowl. You know, beat Buffalo last year. So now Bengals, you're on the clock, and Burrow's got to get paid. Like, oh, we gush all over Justin Herbert. So, like, can the Chargers actually win a playoff game this year? And remember when Trevor? Law- so Buffalo's kind of like,
1: you They're know, like, like seventh on the. Remember this list, or right? Yeah.
0: So, so Buffalo and, won't and feel the Jets
1: like- and the Jets have taken over the media cycle for their division
0: right so buffalo won't feel it until the actual playoffs start you know like maybe when you get to the playoffs especially hypothetically let's just say buffalo ends up with home field advantage that's when they get the pressure of hey everybody's got to come through orchard park no excuses you know if they don't get home field advantage and they're playing on first weekend once they win that first playoff game and say they match up with Cincinnati or Kansas city that next week. Now you get the pressure in that one game setting of, can you win the big game?
1: The thing I think will help them out is the six games they have in division because there's no gimmies. Jacksonville has one, maybe two gimmies and depends on Tennessee's coaching quarterback situation. And like the second round of time, the second time they play them, it could be Will Levis and, you know, the offensive of coordinator is now the head coach. It could be, you know, so they can have some gimme games, right? Kansas City, Mahomes is twenty seven and three in division, so everything feels like a gimme game. Nothing feels like overwhelming. And then if you look at the uh, AFC North, that's going to be tough. Right there, those those teams are going to be battle tested. Whoever comes out of there, but Buffalo, Miami, Jets, New England, whoever comes out of AFC East is also going to be battle tested. So when I play, when the playoffs come around. It won't be like oh, like Jacksonville. They're gonna. Jacksonville could potentially slide through the season, and silently, just quickly, under the radar, end up thirteen and four, and be the number one seed because they they're probably gonna get six wins in division, mm-hmm. if not five, five and one. We'll call it five and one to be realistic, but six and zero is a possibility because they're seem they seem to be the only team in that division that has everything. That's gonna work this upcoming season. They have the relationship between coach and quarterback, whereas Tennessee doesn't. Uh, then you have Houston bringing a young quarterback, Indianapolis bringing a young quarterback. So Buffalo's gonna have that grind of getting all of these teams six times in the elements. All of well, Miami's the only place that plays warm, but you know you're gonna play cold games at home, you're can play cold games and at the Jets. Cold games in New England. Uh,
0: even I mean, they don't even play Miami until Week 18, so you know they're not going down to the humidity.
1: So it's like it just it it it, it just they had the opportunity to be ready to go. Defensive minded head coach calling the defensive shots. If they're if they're one of these top notch defensive teams, you know, top two, top three, you know, sacks, things of that like. So if they, if they're playing that hard nose smash mouth football. And they actually run it inside the red zone they could be a formidable team but they have to ignore all the other stuff around them the way the jets aren't the jets are going to embrace it the jets are going to make moves in between games that the newspaper think they should make they're going to throw the ball more to this person, if somebody reports that you know, Garrett Wilson only got four targets last week against New England, and then the next week he's going to get eight, and one's going to get picked off and taken it mm-hmm. out, because yep. it's it's going to be one of those situations where the they're going to allow the external sources to, to 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 dictate how they play. Because Robert Sala and Aaron Rodgers, there's there's no need, there's no, I don't know how much leverage he has as far as respect for each other. I don't know what relationship they have. I don't know. If they've had some kind of relationship from with those Green based San Francisco playoff battles or regular season battles, so it might be a situation where he just he, he treats him like Matt Lafleur.
0: Yeah, it could be, you know, like you know, I don't know, but we'll see. I'm here for it, you know. He's so done
1: it, he's done it to two coaches in a row. Just throwing it out, <laughs> two coaches in a row. One yeah. of them, one was pretty good. Aaron Rodgers completely dismissed him at some point. And never, and that person never got back in line with Aaron. Like, right. they never want the same wavelength after that. So, that could be pretty difficult.
0: Yeah. So, so, the AFC East and the North, you know, are the threats to get three teams in. You know, uh, the West could be a threat if Denver gets their stuff together, but I'm not too yeah, I'm not hopeful that. about that. You know, so, yeah. So, this division, you know, is going to be determining a lot of things, you know, like, and they all get Kansas city. So, you know, they get a preview, you know, or we get a preview of how they match up with Kansas city, you know, what it looks like are there strengths and weaknesses that one of them has against Kansas city that the others don't have. So yeah, how do they match
1: up? How did you look against Kansas City? How did we look against Kansas City? Right.
0: And then they all play Philly too. So, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Like I don't this was the wrong year for them to get that draw, you know. But so that's
1: that's a good observation because if you want to measure your team and you're playing the two teams that represented the conferences in the Super Bowl, that's like if you go 2 and 0 there, Gotta boost the confidence. To, it has to boost it. It has to. If you go two yeah. and against Kansas City and Philadelphia, yeah, that, that has to give you like like well, you you'll go to the podium and say something like this. Well, especially
0: Buffalo, because they play both of them on the road.
1: Yeah, so if you can go in the Philly and in the arrowhead, those are two hostile places to play football. And,
0: and I mean, and they won in Arrowhead last season, so you know it's not as if they can't do it, you know, they just have to do it. You know, as as people would say, they have to do it when it matters. Matters.
1: Do it when it counts.
0: Yeah. So there you go, folks. That's our AFC East preview. We brought you from NFC East back to AFC East. Thursday, you know, we're going to have Super Bowl picks, you know, because that's the fun part of the year. We're going to have our playoff pick and potentially our college football national champion. We're going to go back through our uh, early season baseball predictions and see what that's looking like nowadays. You yeah. know, so, so that should be fun. But, hey, he is the one and only Mr. Logical. You're... I am your boy 2-5, you know am saying, coming from you at all angles and all kinds of ways. Together, we are Sports Reports as Ordered.
1: We're trying to get to 20,000 views. Let's go. Please.
0: 20,000. Like, like, review, subscribe, share, all of the above. It's all free.
1: Tell your grandpa about us.
0: Tell your grandpa about us. I got that salt and pepper going on. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, you know what I'm saying? Hey, we'll be back Thursday, you know, 2-5 daily. Mr. Logical got something coming up for y'all in the next couple weeks. So, you know, you're going to be seeing a lot and hearing a lot more of us, you know, only because we love you. Peace.